Welcome to the Victory Orlando Church Podcast. We are so glad you decided to join us. We want to help you to know God, find freedom, and discover your divine purpose so that you can make a difference with your life. We pray this message encourages you, inspires you, brings you hope, and builds your faith. I love, uh, you know, Chris and Heather's heart for people. That's one of the things that stood out to me uh, even uh, over the years. You know, I've known Pastor Chris uh, since middle school, probably somewhere in there. What grade did you start at Victory? Second grade. So he started in the second grade. I came when I was in the fourth grade. So you can imagine that was November 1987. And so... Uh, I've known Chris longer than most people, except my wife, because I met her on the first day of school, and uh, she was in the other grade when I was uh, 10 years old. And so I love Pastor Chris and Heather's heart for people. That's one of the things that as we were, you know, raising up people here to be a part of what God has uh, wanted to do in this church here in Orlando, and we were gathering a team of people, I believe that Chris and Heather were some of the first people that we met with to move from where they were, we just gave them an opportunity to be part of an adventure to change the world. Isn't that right? I couldn't promise him anything. I couldn't promise him position. Couldn't promise him a job or nothing like that. Here was a guy who had a job. He was working. He got paid well. He was enjoying life there in Tulsa. And we went to Cracker Barrel probably. Is that what it was? We went to Cracker Barrel in Tulsa, and I said, I have this idea. I believe it's from the Lord. It feels kind of crazy, but I believe that we're going to assemble a group of people. We're going to move to Orlando, Florida, and we're going to launch a church. And I said, Pastor Chris, do you want to have an opportunity to be part of an adventure to change the world? And he said, well, let me talk to Heather. And, you know, it was one of the quickest decisions, I think, that I've ever heard of somebody moving their entire life. I think before the day was out, he called me back and said, we're in. We want to move. And he did it by faith, and he came here and served for those years. Didn't get paid for it most of the time, just served uh, on a regular basis, and now to see how God is leading in this church. And I share that with you because sometimes you need to understand the foundation of what you see. We walk in and we see worship, and you know we have an experience, and we hear the Word of God, but the foundation of a thing is what will establish it to be built up. And the foundation of this place has been built on faith, has been built on obedience, has been built on generosity, has been built on listening and following what the Holy Spirit says. And I believe that even as you're in the midst of this season in November, as Pastor Chris uh, started the series last week on blessed to be a blessing, I believe that God has great things in store for your life. That in these next few months that God's going to open up new things in your life. That God has new methods and he has new avenues of increase. That he has surprises and opportunities and favor that is out there on the horizon for you. And as you hear the word of the Lord and you apply it to your lives and you begin to walk it out, then you're going to see God open up new doors and new avenues in your life. How many believe that? I mean... You don't have to know how it's going to happen, but faith is, starts on the inside. And so I want to encourage you to connect your faith with the words that the Lord is bringing through this church and say, if it's not for anyone else, it's going to be for me. You know, sometimes people can get up and say, God wants to bless you. And five people say, yeah, I believe that. Well, why doesn't everybody want to believe that? I mean, it's just as easy to live in doubt as it is to live in belief and faith. 
It takes energy both ways, except for one type of energy when you believe in faith actually produces a positive effect in your life. I mean, it, it, it's easy to listen to the news and to be negative about things, but negative Nelly never increases, okay? So when, the more that we understand what God wants to do and we attach our faith to it, say, okay, I'm going to believe that. I don't understand how it's going to happen, but I'm going to believe God wants to bless me. God wants to use me. God wants to increase my territory. This is not just an idea. This is what the Bible says. Turn to someone next to you and say, it's what the Bible says. And so we're going to continue looking at some of the avenues of how God wants to utilize us and use us to expand his kingdom on this earth. And I believe that in our time together today that God's going to speak to you. And so I want to pray for you and uh, just believe that you'll open up your hearts to hear from him today and that we'll leave here different than we came. How many of you believe that? And so before I pray, I just want to bring you a greeting from Sarah, uh, my wife. She couldn't be here with me this weekend, but she loves you guys. We pray for you often, and she looks forward to coming back on one of the next visits in the next couple months, uh, as well as our kids. If you're not familiar, we have three kids. We have two high schoolers, and we have an 18-month-old. So every time I tell people that, they look at me like, is everything all right? I said, well, just pray for me. Because I thought, you know, we were on our way, you know, raising kids. And now, uh, you know, I could see horizon on the end. And now all of a sudden I'm going to go back through uh, elementary and, uh, you know, coaching t-ball and soccer and all the rest of those things that you do with little kids. But I love it. It's a joy. And so pray for us. But uh, I, I believe that God has something for us today. So why don't we pray as we look at the word. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we have together. I pray over these next few moments I pray that your spirit would speak to us. I pray that faith would be stirred up on the inside of us. And I just ask that people would leave here different and changed. I pray, God, that people would put you first. Maybe there's some that are here today. They haven't been operating in the priority of putting you first. And I just pray, God, that you would speak to people today. I pray that through your word that you would challenge them, that you would encourage them, and that you would equip us all to leave here different than we came. At the end of the day, we recognize that apart from you, we can't do it. But Lord, with you, we can do all things. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in that song we were singing, uh, Bella was leading us in, and they were saying the, the phrase Yahweh. And you know, I've been in church a while, but I had kind of forgotten, what does Yahweh mean? I know it's a Hebrew word, and it talks about God in the present and who God is. And I just looked this up because I believe this would encourage someone. It says that the meaning of God, the name Yahweh, is explained like this. It's Hebrew, and the verb can be translated, I am or I will be. And it's in reference to the fact that God will be whatever you need him to be. For some of you, you need him to be healing. He'll be that. For some of you, you need him to be direction. He is that. You need him to be provision. He is that. He is the God that will be exactly what you need him to be because he is the omni, uh, omnipotent God. He is all-powerful. He is omniscient, all-knowing. He is the one who is all-powerful. He is all-present. The, the scripture says he is omnipresent. And so I just want to encourage you that as we look at the word, that you have this understanding. He is Yahweh. He is whatever you need him to be. He is that and he will be that. You see, there are some people that live in the place of God doing great things for other people, but you've never contextualized it to actually believe God could do that for me. 
Some people, even in the area of finances, as we're looking at that topic this month, some people believe that God wants to bless other people, but they've never really accepted or seen in faith that God could take them to another level. But I'm here to encourage someone, God can be whatever you need him to be in your finances. God can take you to another place. God can give you an idea. God can give you insight in starting business or in navigating areas of industry that will take you to the top. The Bible says that we are the head and not the tail. At least six people believe that. It says that we're above only and not beneath. We are ambassadors. Embajadores de Cristo. Entienden? So we're an ambassador of Christ, representing his kingdom here in this earth. And so as we look at the scriptures and as we continue in the thought that Pastor Chris brought us last week and that we're talking about this month on blessed to be a what? It's an open book test. It's blessed to be a blessing. And so if you weren't here last week, you can go on YouTube and listen to that message that Pastor Chris preached. And I want to continue today in this thought. But as you hear the word today, I thought it's important to highlight to you that meaning of Yahweh, because as you hear the word today, contextualize it for yourself and say, he's going to be that for me. You hear about people being generous and people increasing in their life and God using them to expand the kingdom. Well, it's not just for everybody else. It's for you. God will be that for you in your marriage. God will be the restorer in your mind. God will be the redeemer from your past. God will be whatever you need him to be because he is God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the first and the last. He's the alpha, the omega, and he can be exactly what you need him to be today. If you connect your heart in faith and say, okay, God, I'm going to ask you to be that for me. That's what God is waiting for and God, God is looking for. He is looking for people to respond in faith. And so the word of the Lord for us today is simple and it is this, the world of the generous. How many know there's a world out there and there are a lot of things that you can be known for, but God wants you to be known as a generous person. Just smile at the person next to you and say, I think you're generous. If you think about the word generous, how many of you can think of someone you know who is a generous person? Maybe it's a friend or a family member, and just getting around them, you feel better. Do you know some generous people? In fact, I'm going to be generous today because uh, it, it's just fun to be generous. And just as Bella was singing up on the stage, I felt like the Lord said, you just need to bless Bella today because she is a high schooler leading worship in a church on the weekends. Come on. Isn't that awesome? Bella, here you go. I want to bless you today. I don't know if you're believing for new shoes or whatever, you know, high schoolers are believing for. I have high schoolers. It seems like every week they need new shoes not because they wore out, but because they want a new style. Don't you love just being around generous people? You feel better. Now, if you're around stingy people, you usually feel worse. You don't want to be around them as much. And it's not the fact that they will do things for you that, that attracts you to be close to them, but it's the spirit in which they're operating in. I just feel better when I'm around generous people versus stingy people. You think bigger, you feel better, you smile more. I mean, life is better when you're just around some generous people. And today I'm looking at some generous people. 
Generosity is not about amounts. It's about intent and action in your life. I mean, I know some people that have very little, but they are very generous, and their life increases more and more. They're, they're happier than a lot of people. Generous people smile more, feel better, usually wake up in the morning with a pep in their step because they know today is a good day. And so I want to encourage you, be a generous person. I can look back over the course of my life, and I'm so grateful for people that God has connected uh, me with. And I can look back on my journey and think of so many stories when people have been generous to me, even without me really believing for it sometimes or without me knowing or expecting it. And then God would just show up with a surprise and use someone to be a blessing, and I'm grateful for those experiences. I remember early on in um, uh, the beginning part of our marriage, we've now been married for 20 years, it's just gone by so fast, but I remember in those early years, I mean, money was tight, we were just, you know, newly graduated from college, we had gotten married, and before we had kids, and we had just moved into our first house, and I remember one of the Valentine's days, I wanted to take my wife out to a nice restaurant, and so I looked to see how much money we had in the bank, and we had enough. You know, when you go to a nice restaurant, you don't have a lot of money. You have to check your accounts. <laughs> and so I looked and said, okay, I think I can take her to that kind of restaurant. And so we went to this nice restaurant, and we dressed up fancy, and all the old people were there. How many know that when all the old people that have nice clothes are somewhere, it's probably a good place? So we went early because we could get a reservation. And so we went there, we're eating, and then uh, in the middle of our dinner, we saw someone we knew, and, and they waved at us, and we waved at them, and we continued on in our dinner. And then it was time to leave, and so we asked for the check, and the waiter came over, and they said, well, there's no check for you today. I said, excuse me? I know the prices. I saw them. I had to meditate and pray over them, intercede in faith for the increase as I looked at the prices, and I said, well, well, explain that to me. And he said, well, uh, you must have some good friends. I said, well, I believe I have good friends, but tell me more. They said, well, there was a couple here, and they said they know you, and they finished their dinner, and they've already gone home, but they decided they wanted to bless you, and they wanted to buy your dinner tonight. How many of you know I felt better that day? I felt like a strong man of faith because I went to the right place and not only did uh, we have a good dinner, but God blessed us in that moment. Now, that's just in one little area of having a nice meal, but how many of you know that when people are generous to you, to you, you remember those things? Those things stick out to you. In fact, just in the last few months, as I was talking with Pastor Chris, and I said, Pastor Chris, you know, I have certain weekends that are available, I feel, to come and to, to pour into the church there and help serve in what you're doing and, and, you know, just sow into what God is doing in Victory Orlando. And so he was like, yes, please, you know, that's awesome. And so we found some dates that I could come in August, September, October, and November. And so I was just sharing it with a friend who uh, isn't even a part of this church. And I was sharing, hey, you know what, God's, you know, moving in Orlando, and I'm going to come, you know, more often, a few weekends. And as I was sharing that with him, he said, man, that's awesome. I'll pay for your flights. Do you know how expensive flights are these days? And I was just sharing it, and, you know, just for even me being here today, God had provided it in advance. Generosity changes things. 
And I was thinking about how he may have been being generous to me, but he's actually being generous to help people hear the gospel. He's being generous so the kingdom can expand. You see, on the other side of our generosity is someone else's destiny. And so it's so important that we understand that there is power in generosity. And the, the Bible says it this way in Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. This is where we're going. It says, the world of the generous, remember the title of today is the world of the generous. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Now, if this was a weight loss commercial, that's not very good. But when you talk about financial increase and expansion for the kingdom, that's, a good, that's good news. Because the world of the generous gets what? Larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets what? Smaller and smaller. So here we have an opportunity when you talk about generosity, we have an opportunity to dictate what our future looks like. You know, there are a lot of people that want to know what does the future look like? And there isn't very much that we have control over in regards to the future. But there is something that we have control over, and that is the seed we sow in the present produces the harvest that we walk in in the future. And the scripture here in Proverbs is saying, look, for the world of the generous, their world gets larger and larger, wider and wider. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller, more narrow. But the one who blesses others will abundantly be blessed. Those who help others are also helped. I want to encourage you when we think about the concept of generosity. The world of the generous is an expansive world. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. So as you hear that scripture today, let me ask you a question. How many generous people are here this morning? Come on, you can just determine that in your heart. This is not about how much money's in your bank account. This is about determining the character and the nature of who God is and if you're going to align yourself with what God is asking you to be, and that is a generous person. You see, a generous person sees possibility when everyone else sees that it won't work. The world of the generous sees opportunity. And I want to encourage you because God has great opportunity in your future. Why don't you just say this as a confession out loud? Say, I am a generous person. Now, I can remember as a freshman in college, I didn't have a whole lot. And I remember one day I was driving down the road and I saw a lady, an older lady. I could tell she was homeless. She was on a three-wheeled bicycle. It seemed very strange right in the middle of Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma. This lady on a three-wheeled bicycle was driving down the road. And as I drove by her, I almost kind of laughed like, oh, wow, look at the lady on the three-wheeled bicycle. She had some stuff piled up on the back and she was, you know, just driving down the road. And as I passed her, naturally looking at her thinking, oh, wow, look at that lady. Ha, huh, so, so sorry that she's in that situation. As I passed her, I felt like the Holy Spirit says, you need to stop and help that lady. Well, as a college student, that's not what I wanted to do. And so, you know, I drove past her a little bit longer and I heard the Holy Spirit say it again. You need to stop and help that lady. And so I pulled off the road a little bit ahead of where the lady was, and I thought, well, what can I help her with? And I felt like the Lord says, go give her $20. Now I was a college student, believing God for everything that I had, and that $20 was going to be a nice dinner for a few nights. You know, I could go get a few roast beef sandwiches or, you know, some hamburger or something on discount so that I could make it for a few days. And I thought, I need the $20. Have you ever felt like that when God asks you to do something or give what you have, and you, your first instinct is, God, I need that. 
God says, go help that person. And you think, well, God, I need help. Go bless that person. God, I need someone to bless me. That's not the point. God wants to get you out of what you need helping someone else, and God will take care of you as well. And so I remember, you know, having that $20, and I pulled it out, and I felt like the Lord said, go give it to that lady. So I remember walking over to that lady on the side of the road, and at this point, she had stopped. She was a little bit fearful, apprehensive. Why, you know, is this, this guy walking up to her? And I said, look, ma'am, I, I don't know your story. I don't know your situation. But as I was driving past you, I felt like the Lord, you know, spoke to me and, and, and that God wanted you to be encouraged. And I just wanted to give you $20 and tell you that God loves you and he has a plan for your life. That lady, you know, at first was very afraid, and then she was very disarmed, and she said, wow, thank you very much. So I handed her the $20, and I turned around, and I started walking to my car. She said, wait, wait, wait. Yes, ma'am? Is everything all right? She said, no, 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 no. You gave me something. I want to give you something. She reaches back into her little, you know, pouch on the back of her three-wheeled bicycle, and she's rummaging through some stuff. She handed me this old picture. I didn't know what it was, some sort of a, a, you know, artifact. And she's like, here, this is important to me, but I want to give it to you. So I took that thing. I said, no, ma'am, I I promise you, you know, you don't have to give me something. She said, no, I want to give you something also. She gave me that thing, and I got back in my car. And I didn't think about the $20 that I had sowed that day. I, I was really just realizing that God wants us to be a conduit of his blessing to help other people. And I was amazed that the woman wanted to give me something in the midst of me just being obedient to give her something. And I share that story with you because sometimes on the other side of your obedience, you don't know what God's going to do in your life. The healing, the the hope, the purpose that God wants to give you as you extend in generosity to help someone else. You can't determine the outcome, but you can walk in faith and obedience to do what God has called you to do. The world of the generous doesn't get smaller and smaller. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And, you know, I believe that that step of obedience was a test to see would I give what I had in that moment. And then I remember a few years later after I'd got a job, I got out of college, and I remember that first time I was sitting in a service and I felt like the Lord said, okay, now's your opportunity. You need to give a larger seed than you've ever given before. And I remember that first time that I ever gave $1,000. I mean, that must have been a million dollars because, you know, I probably made $18,000 a year or something. And it was like, oh, wow, okay, God, you want me to give $1,000? That's a lot of money. But I can remember that first time when I gave more than I'd ever given before, and it was a stretch of faith and obedience. But you know what? Something changed on the inside. I didn't feel worse. I felt better because I stretched in a way, and I knew it was sacrificial. And it didn't matter if anyone else knew. It didn't matter if, you know, people knew, okay, that was a big sacrifice for me. I knew God was speaking to me, and I was just stepping out in faith and being obedient. And God says the day will come where this won't be such a big seed anymore. You're going to increase more and more, and this will just be an average seed. I want to increase you more. I've seen that over the last 20-something years, how that God takes you from one place to the next place. But it, it happens through your obedience, but it happens with a generous mindset. And I share that with you today, not about look at what I did or about a certain amount, but it's about a generous heart. It's about obedience to what God asks you to do because I believe that even in your week on a regular basis, there are opportunities for you to be generous with people. 
There are people at your work and people at your children's school and people in your neighborhood who are in need. In fact, the world is lost and hurting and broken and our generosity can unlock someone else's heart. Might be a neighbor who's going through something. Maybe they've lost a relative and you just go over and take them something. You just go over and you just bring a gift to them. The Bible says that your gift will make room for you. There's opportunity all around us, but sometimes it's just waiting on a generous person to step out in faith and say, you know what, God spoke to me to help you with this. Let me help you with this. And I've heard so many stories and testimonies of people who have been the recipient of generosity, but others who have stepped out in generosity. And I can tell you, the generous people, they are the most content people on the earth. Isn't it interesting that we think about generosity? We want people, you know, to give to us, but actually it's on the other side of us giving that we find pure joy. We find peace and satisfaction. We find purpose. And so I want to encourage you that as Christians, we're called to be generous with our lives. Say, I am generous. So think of it in context today. When you think about generosity, ask yourself the question, how can I be generous with the time that I have? How can I be generous with the abilities that I have? And how can I be generous with the finances that I have? So as we look at being a blessing, blessed to be a blessing, the world of the generous takes what they have, the time, the the ability, and the resource, and says, you know what, I have the ability to do this, let me help you with this. Maybe you're someone who has a manufacturing business and you found you know, someone who's in need and say, you know what, we can take the resources here and we can help that person in need. Or maybe you're in an era, a business in an area of service and you say, you know what, I've, I found out about some needy family that, that can use some help in this area. I'm going to take the, the resources or the abilities, the business that God has entrusted to me, I'm going to help that family. Or maybe it's an area where you look at, uh, there was a family one time several years ago when we were first believing God for a truck to go into the neighborhoods and to do an outreach. And now we have that hope truck. But I remember before we had the hope truck and we were just believing God for, you know, several thousand dollars. And we shared the vision. I think it was, you know, twelve or fifteen thousand dollars. We shared the vision. We're believing God for this truck to go into the neighborhoods and to open up and to give out food and to help kids and, you know, just to be a, a, a billboard in East Orlando that's a sign of hope for people. That's why we call it the hope truck. And it wasn't about a truck. It was about a message. It was about helping people where they were in different areas. And in different seasons, that truck has been used for different things. But I can remember after a service when we believed God and we got some resources for that, and then a widow lady at the end of the service when we were meeting over in Castle Creek walked up to me and she said, how much more do you need for that hope truck? And I said, we need about $8,000 for the remaining amount for the Hope Truck. And she said, okay, I came into some money, and I'm going to give it this week. How many know that is amazing? That's a good Sunday. Sure enough, she brought the check to the office, and she gave the $8,000. And I think about that because... That money then was used to help bring hope to people, not just in a moment, but continually. 
So I wonder what's on the other side of your generosity. How many people are going to be reached? How many families are going to be discipled? And so today I want you to understand what happens when you give. The kingdom is expanded. And some of you here are going to help other people find God through your generosity. Whether it's being generous here at this church or in your you know, job or in your business. It's not about one specific avenue of generosity. It's about a kingdom mindset that God is a generous God and we are his children. So as his children, we operate like our father. He's generous, so I am generous. Even if you don't believe that, smile, clap, shake your head, something, so I know you're awake this morning. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Let me give you four things that happen when you are generous. Number one, when you are generous, you fulfill your purpose. Part of your purpose in life is wrapped up in your generosity. If you want to test this, go give something away and be generous and watch how it makes you feel. Your generosity helps you to walk in greater levels of purpose. Some of you will leave this place today and you'll go out to lunch and God may speak to you by that person's lunch. You may go to Starbucks, God may speak to you by that person's Starbucks. You may find out about Someone who's going through a tough time, you might get a word from the Lord, help those children in that situation or you know, reach out in that area. You might be driving down towards Bithlow and God may just speak to you, hey, go help a family during the Christmas season and help them during you know, this, this time of the year. Even as we do things here as a church and, and Pastor Chris is sharing about ways that we're reaching out through the Heart for the House offering, that is one avenue. But God wants us to not just be generous in his house, but he wants us to be generous in our own house. And he wants us to be generous in our own job. And he wants us to be generous wherever we are. And what I've found is that if the world of the generous gets larger and larger, then you can't just contain generosity to one place because a generous person looks for multiple places to be generous. And there is purpose that is found in your generosity. Why does this happen? I'll give you two reasons why this happens. Number one, because we are made in the image of God. Genesis, Genesis 1, 26 says that let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, is looking out over the face of the earth after creation, after they've made everything else. Then they were about to make man, and God says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. That means you have a DNA imprint of God the Father on the inside of you. You were made in his image and his likeness. And since God is a generous God, then we have generosity running through our veins as his children. So we're made in his image. And the second thing why this happens is because God is generous. So we find purpose in operating in the God-like nature that's on the inside of us. We see this, as Pastor Chris mentioned last week, in John 3, verse 16, where God gave his best and his only for us. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. The nature of God is giving and increasing. You are never more like God than when you give and are generous because that's God's nature. 
That's God's nature. So there's purpose that is found. This is one of the reasons why, as a church, we reach out in our community. We reach out internationally in helping in some of the things that you guys sow into as a church on a regular basis. Do you know that this month and next month that there are 3,800 children in Southeast Asia they are going to get a Christmas gift bag, and they're going to hear about who Jesus is because of generosity of churches just like this. 3,800 children in primarily Buddhist nations are going to get a gift bag at Christmas, and they're going to ask the question, what is Christmas? And we have pastors and leaders that have been discipled in those villages to say, hey, it's not about a gift. It's about the ultimate gift. His name is Jesus. He's connected to God the Father, and he wants to have a relationship with you. You haven't found him in any other thing, but you can find him in believing in him, confessing with your mouth, and you can receive the miracle of salvation. And friends, I can tell you, as I've been personally in those villages time after time, I have never stood in one of those villages and had less than 75% of the people respond. Every single time, almost the entire place. During COVID, we saw over 40,000 people hear the gospel and 15,000 people respond in 18 months in a Buddhist country hearing the gospel. Why? Because someone gave some money, we gave some food, someone preached the gospel, and now 15,000 people are going to be in heaven today with Jesus. You see, there is purpose in generosity. The second thing that happens when you are generous is you position yourself for a blessing. Everybody say a blessing. So we find purpose in our generosity and we find blessing in our generosity. The Bible says in Genesis 8 verse 22 that there's a clear connection between generosity and God's provision. It says, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest time. This is one of the laws that God set up before the foundations of the earth, and he reminds us of this in Genesis. He says, look, there's going to be summer and winter. There's going to be cold and hot. Some of you think it's cold. At, you know, it's 50 degrees or something outside. You're like, oh, it's kind of cold. No, I just came from 28 degrees. That's cold. Amen. And the people in Buffalo are living at minus 4. That's terribly cold. Never want to go there. But the Bible says as long as the earth remains, there's going to be these natural things that exist, and then there's another supernatural thing that exists. It's called seed time and harvest time. You can position yourself for a greater blessing in your life naturally and supernaturally by the things that you sow. You sow love, you sow generosity, you sow blessing. And guess what? There is blessing, there is love, there is generosity that comes back to you. This is not a give to get. This is a give and then there's a reciprocal understanding of the God that we serve who says as long as this earth is remaining, there's going to be a seed time and there's going to be a harvest time. I've heard it explained like this. There is seed, time, and harvest. Sometimes we're in the midst of this time aspect. We say, well, I haven't seen the harvest yet. Well, last time I checked, a farmer doesn't walk out into his field and plant a seed, and then there's a harvest immediately. No, it's seed, time, and harvest. 
So don't get weary in the midst of the time if you've sown the seed. And don't stop sowing the seed because in God's kingdom, there's not just one season to sow. It's a continual opportunity to sow on a regular basis. I can sow today and I can experience greater breakthrough tomorrow. I can sow in this season and then see God over time produce greater harvest in my life. It's not about giving to get. It's about giving and understanding that God that we serve wants to bless our lives. Look at somebody next to you and say, God wants to bless you. Some of you had a hard time even saying that or receiving that, but it's still the word of God. I don't care. God wants to bless you. So we see purpose. We see blessing. The third thing that we see is when you are a generous person, you gain perspective. Some of you, even as you hear these messages, you think it's about money. It's not about money. You think it's about amounts. It's not about amounts. It's about your heart. And when you're generous with what God has entrusted as a steward, God has entrusted us here on this earth with a certain amount of things. And the more that we manage those things, the more the Bible says that increase comes to us, that, the, that when we're faithful with little, God will make us ruler over much. So there's this understanding that I can gain a greater perspective of God and his kingdom and my purpose in this earth when I operate in generosity. There's a fresh perspective of God, the world, and myself and how it all works together. And when I am generous and when you are generous, we have a different perspective. How many of you enjoy Black Friday going out and buying some things? Not a very spiritual day. I just had a question. Why do we rush out there to do that? Well, we want to get the deal. We want to get the best thing. And many times we buy things that we don't need. I've talked to a lot of people that after Black Friday or Purple Wednesday or whatever day you want to call it now, I mean, they started so early, Cyber Tuesday and Monday and all those things. But I've met a lot of people who regretted a lot of silly purchases in life. I don't know why I bought another 74-inch TV. I have two more. You know, that kind of thing. I don't, but I've seen people like that. I have a brother who every time it's like Black Friday, he buys another TV. And I said, why do you buy another TV? It was such a good deal. It was $249 for an 84-inch TV. That's an amazing deal. Yeah, but you already have one. I've seen a lot of people regret silly purchases in life. But I've yet to meet a kingdom-minded, generous person that regrets people that they've helped. You know, we can re regret staying up all night waiting in the target line to get a $4.99 iron that was originally $24.99. We can talk about, I got this for $4.99. I got this waffle maker for $4.99, and it was originally $12.99. Yeah, but you spent half a night, and you didn't sleep, and you, wake, you went home, and you bought something, and you already have four waffle makers. But it was a great deal. You get caught up in the moment. There's a lot of things that we purchase that, we can regret saying, you know what, I really didn't need that. I don't know why. Have you ever bought something in the store and then you got home and said, that just doesn't look the same as it did in the store? And if you bought the as is, you know, like at the end of the sale where it's like you buy it, it's final. That's the worst because then it just sits in your closet. Anyone else? I'm not saying I've ever done that, but I know I have a wife. She's seen that happen a few times. What am I going to do now? I don't know. There's a lot of things that we regret that we pay for, but 
when you're generous with people, very few people that I know are regretful and generous because generosity helps you get a better perspective. Everybody say perspective. There's two aspects of this perspective that the Bible talks about in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, and it helps us to get an eternal perspective, and it helps us to understand with our natural resources how the eternal perspective and our natural resources are connected, and the Bible says that it's connected with our heart, and so a generous person has a different perspective. Number four, not only do you find uh, purpose, and not only is there blessing in generosity, not only do you get a different perspective, but when you are generous, you're actually partnering with God. God invites us. He doesn't need us, but he invites us to be part of the process. Why does God invite us to partner with him? Because he knows what it will do for us. God could do whatever he wants to do. He is God. But I love the fact that God looks over the face of the earth and says, there's some people that I've, I, I need to reach, and I've called you to help reach those people. There's some people in Orlando that I, I want to have hear the gospel. I'm going to plant a church in this place. You know, it, it took a lot of money to plant this church. You know, we started with zero, and we had to raise a lot of money. It takes money to buy sound and all these kind of things. And God could do whatever he wants to do, but he invites us to partner with him because he knows what it does for us. He knows that we are a conduit, and he knows that when we operate in his nature, then we find purpose, blessing, and perspective. And God invites us to partner with him. And today I want to encourage you with this understanding that when God wants to do something bigger in the earth, he doesn't just do it automatically. He always looks for people. When God wants to build another church in East Africa through some of the missionaries that this church supports. He doesn't just, bam, church B, and a church building just pops up. No, he talks to people and says, hey, would you give towards that? Would you help with your resource? I want to increase this company. I know one person that is a friend of mine who started a second company after his first company was so successful. He started a second company, and I asked him the other day, I said, what's the second company for? He said, that's my seed company. Everything that comes in from that company goes directly into helping the gospel advance. So in the one company, it's prosperous. He lives off of it. He gives off of it. And fantastic things are happening. But he said, if, if you know, I don't want to just stop there. I, God's blessed me with the ability to have companies. And so I'm going to start another one. And everything that comes in through that, besides the expense, is just my seed. It's just going to go and help people. And I thought about how, what a great opportunity that we have on a regular basis to hear from God and to partner with him as a generous person. Doing the will of God is more than just thinking about it. It's stepping out in action. And so I want to encourage you as we close out our time today and as we evaluate these four things, that when we give and are generous, we don't do it unto men, we do it unto God. Jesus gave us an analogy of this, and he said, in as much as you've done unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. So why should we be generous? Because he's a generous God. And when we give and help others, we're actually doing it unto the Lord. And the scripture tells us in the Old Testament, in the book of Zechariah, that when they were trying to build the temple and they were trying to advance the purposes of God through God's people, the Israelites at that 
time and season after they were in exile. It says that they were building, and there's a, a part of the scripture that says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And then later on in that passage in, in Zechariah, it says, for the Lord sees what is done and he rejoices. Friends, I want to encourage you. God sees everything that is done, every act of obedience, every sacrificial gift, every stretching of your faith, every stopping on the road and helping the three-wheeled bicycle lady, every, every supernatural gift. You say, God, you know, you asked me to give this. I'm going to give it. Every part of your company that you designate to help others, every enhancement for your life that you say, you know what, God, I'm going to believe you to ha- th- for this to happen in my life so that I can be a greater blessing to reach more people. God sees all the things that are done and he rejoices. You receive that word today? Would you stand to your feet as we have a time of prayer? Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for this time that we have together today and I just thank you for this word. I thank you for the generosity of this house. Whatever we have, we surrender it to you and we know that when we give it over to you and to help others that it multiplies and that there is purpose, there is blessing, there is perspective and that there is partnership that you invite us to be a part of. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you're here in this place today, say, Pastor, I recognize that as you were talking today, things aren't right in my life and I want to get them right. There's areas of sin and shame. There's some things from my past I'm not proud of, but I need a fresh start, a new beginning, and I need to surrender to Jesus. And today is my day. If that's you, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, you say, this is my day for a fresh start, a new beginning. I just wanted you to lift your hand wherever you are so I can pray for you. Just lift it up wherever you are. Say, this is my day. All right, God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. Who else said, this is my day? All right, let's all lift our hands to heaven and say this prayer after me. The Bible calls it faith when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. There's a miracle and the miracle is called salvation. So right where you are, your past is forgiven, your sins have been wiped away, and God will make you brand new, a new day. So let's pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. Forgive me of the past, every mistake that I've made, the sin and the shame. I ask you to take it away. I commit my life to you. I believe in you. Thank you for saving me. Holy Spirit, fill me now with the strength that I need to serve you every day. In Jesus' name. Now there's a second group I want to pray for today. And that's for those of you that have been stretched today in your faith and You recognize that God has called you to be generous, but today there's two things that I'm going to pray for you on, and that's for increase in your life, but also for greater opportunity. There's going to be opportunities in your future that God is going to bring across your path, and I'm going to pray for increased sensitivity to those opportunities, to those people and those situations. And so if you are believing God for God to increase you and for greater sensitivity to his voice in the area of generosity. Just lift your hands and I want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every single one of my friends that are here today. I thank you, Father, that your word declares that as we give, it is given back to us, that it's given back multiplied. In the same measure that we give, that it comes back multiplied. I pray for that multiplication 
for people in this room. Multiply in their businesses. Multiply in their resources. Multiply in avenues and multiply in favor. And I just pray, God, for an increased sensitivity to your spirit, that as they step out in generosity, that they would have an increased sensitivity to know when you are speaking and what you are saying and how you are leading them, that even those that feel like they have little, they have something. Even those that feel like it's not enough, I pray, God, that as they trust you and as they they just operate in generosity, Lord, you're going to increase them more and more. So I pray, God, for increased avenues, opportunities. Stretch our faith, even these next few weeks. Stretch our faith. Lord, let's believe you for what you want to do in the future and the people that you've called this church to reach. Thank you for listening to the Victory Orlando Church Podcast. We hope today's message helps you take another step closer to knowing God and finding freedom through his word.